When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Virtual health is here. Here to keep hearts healthy. With comprehensive care from general cardiology, to heart rhythm care and advanced surgeries, Virtua is South Jersey's heart headquarters. Learn more or make an appointment at virtua.org heart. Virtua Health, here for good. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Love it if your webcam got hacked and released. <laughs> oh god, that just this fi- you know what? fifteen second MPEG. <laughs> MPEG, fuck me. <laughs> fifteen minute, fifteen second MPEG of you writing it yourself. <laughs> I'd like dream. Well. dream, a dream. It'd be a dream for me. <laughs> uh, this is the Fighting Cop Podcast. Tottenham Hotspur have just fucking slapped them. The thing is, back in the day, you'd be able to say all kinds of offensive terms about West Ham fans, but in this new sort of woke world, you're not even allowed to be offensive anymore. Can't, you can't call them the, you know, you know what I'm saying. I don't have to say it, do you? We do. Yeah, you just, just, just got to be creative though, haven't you? You know, I kind of I kind of enjoy it. It makes me have to think more on my feet a bit more, you know? Um, yeah, but they didn't like the old one, did they? Um, they didn't yeah, like talking- it. Let's talk about people in EastEnders and, you know, Ethel Skinner, Doc Cotton. The boys took one hell of a beating. That, <laughs> they did indeed. Works. Boys, <coughs> I'm joined by Ricky and Felonius. How are you doing, boys? Good, good. good. Um, <clears throat> you both went to the game. Watching it at home, it was a difficult watch. It wasn't an enjoyable watch. And it seems that every game at this moment seems to be sort of steeped in jeopardy because of... The current situation with Arsenal and the fact that they're above us and all that stuff. But in inside the stadium, Ricky, what did you what did you make of it and how was you feeling when you left the game? Uh, when, when I how was I feeling when I left the game? Yeah, like the just that so, moment was it relief or just euphoria or what? Oh yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for so throughout the game, it was pretty kind of intense as you would have been watching from where you were at home to, to anyone that was in that was in the stadium and going two nil up I was well confident and I thought you know two goal cushion and then they uh, they got they got a goal was it before half time they got their goal wasn't <coughs> yeah. It? yeah yeah it was on, on about and, 36 um, minutes yeah and then I um was like fuck they've got a goal back all they've got to do is <laughs> score and it was like get it back to level pegging the momentum could be in their their favor all those things running through your head, and, and as, as the game wears on, you're just like, "Fuck, man! Like, what's going to happen? Like, are, are they are, are they going to go on a breakaway or whatever?" As soon as Son scored that goal, though, that release in uh, the stadium is like a, a lion's roar from everyone in unison. It was fucking, oh man, it just felt so good, and like everyone was having their. It, it was quite funny, like looking around because normally everyone's jumping round on each other and stuff like that. But everyone was just kind of like where I was looking. Everyone was like celebrating on their own with their their own internal their, their own internal kind of turmoil has now been released. Yeah, and I was just fucking howling into the moon, mate. Like fucking, yeah. I was just, oh man, it's so good. So then, you know what was... when, Sorry, when it kind of obviously got got to uh, final whistle, and you knew at that time you free one up, you can you can let you can let them have it with both barrels. And then, uh, just as you're coming out of the stadium, we like we went back into uh, Beavertown, and there's this new not well, I mean it's new for the stadium, but there's a new thing where when we do have a result, everyone congregates down to the bottom of the stairs and all around the stairs, so everyone's banging every bit of metal or anything that makes a sound in sight, and everyone's just singing in unison and just 
it's just such a great feeling, man. You've probably seen all the videos on social. Yeah, definitely. Well, Mark, who who does a lot of the Patreon stuff with us now, he he was saying it felt like the first proper big occasion at at, um, at the new stadium. The reaction after the game was comparable to what it would have been like at White Hart Lane, that suddenly the, the new stadium didn't matter anymore. And if we weren't in this new place, we had no memories, that this was maybe one of the first significant memories that we were going to have. Um just because of just the the just what it meant, and because of everybody in that stadium and everybody watching the game would have would have been replaying the the, the idea that West Ham can peg us back. We're all haunted by that, you know, losing three goals um, in from the eighty first minute, and I was thinking two and up, they don't look that dangerous, and it was like eighty two. And I remembered, well, I did score three goals the last time this happened, so they could definitely do it again. But like when, when, when Son went through, and it wasn't just the fact that we were relying on that Son chance and that was it. We had multiple opportunities to bury that game. And, uh, and we didn't. And then Son racing through, especially because Son against them lot, it's just perfect, isn't it? Um, T, go on, g- give us your recollection of the last five minutes or so. It was just immense, immense relief. Um... No, when the goal went in as wicked as like the Vav had been let out and everyone just let out every emotion that they had. Um, every time I gave away a corner or a set piece, I shat myself, even though Antonio had come off. I had a like defending corners and set pieces and um, then the goal came from a corner or set piece. So um, there was always that, that fear. Um, we did create a lot of chances. It felt like Sonny, this wasn't going to be his day and he ended up with what could have been a hat-trick, but... It was just beautiful to see um, the scenes I've seen after the game with everyone singing West Ham get battered everywhere they go. It's nice to to create new moments. It's just been very been a very up and down season. And um, first, I don't believe we'll get top four, but um, we are moving in the right direction. I know you got pelters after the United game for for saying we are moving in the right direction. But what we all know about social media is people are committed to not understanding the points that you make and. Um, it was a very salient point is that even if the results are good or bad, it does feel like they've got the right man at the helm and, well, not the right players because a lot of them have got to go. But it feels like under Conte and Paratici, you find in the signings that we are moving in the right direction. Yeah, I think even before the Manchester United game, even for large parts of the Wolves game where we were losing 2-0, I, I felt like the performance was there. It's just we had those mad moments and... A lot was made during the coverage that you guys wouldn't have seen about the fact that we haven't strung... Well, the narrative was that we hadn't strung two wins together since, was it the 1st of December or whatever it was. And if you look at it, including cup games, we hadn't. We won one and lost one all the way through to yesterday's game. But in the league, in the last you know five games, we've won four. So... It, there is a bit of a just like a like a bogus a bogus story about Spurs being inconsistent. We haven't been consistent, but we haven't been as inconsistent if you take away the cup games. And the ro- most important thing for us is is the league. And there's a reason why we're only three points behind Arsenal now, and that's because of the league form in the last last five games. And like I said, the, the Man United game we shouldn't have lost that. We deserved at least a draw. And if you place any credit in XG, then we we deserve to win. So it's just just one lemon, and I get people are, are reactionary after a game. It's natural; it's completely natural. And, but it doesn't mean 
if you believe something to be true, you shouldn't say it because someone's going to dig you out. That's just a nonsense world to live in. Um, but yeah, it was it was fantastic, fantastic to beat them. Really, really good. It felt like um, the first time in a long time that this game actually meant as much to Tottenham fans as it did to West Ham. I don't know if you felt that in the ground. I know that the West Ham fans were nowhere near as loud as they usually are. And I think that that's because they understood they're suddenly having to live with, with jeopardy. They're suddenly having to live with every result could potentially cost them their ambition. Mm. And it was fun, fantastic that we were the team to dish them up that. Here's a bit of is a little bit of um, horrible little medicine you've got to take. Remember that you are still West Ham. You've had a wonderful run, right? And it probably will continue. You may even win Europa League. Horrible as it sounds, you may do it. But this, is, this isn't you forever. This is you in the fucking zenith of your, of, of, your, um, of your Premier League existence. And that result on Sunday was testament to the fact that Tottenham will always be a much bigger club than you. And, uh, yeah, they just have to take their medicine. I had what some geezer, I mentioned this on the Five Statements Patreon, they said, oh, enjoy your cup final result. That, when did that narrative swing? When did they, when did they try and put that on us? That, that, that it's our, somehow, <laughs> the game against West Ham is our cup final. Never been. I don't, I don't, I don't never care been. if it is. I don't care if it is. We, we, we won the cup final. Eat it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like um, the season when they beat us three times in the season... Easier had a tattoo of all the results on them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, they're a bigger club than them, but I think the result was bigger than just West Ham. It's a, it's a game that um, you know we were all a bit worried about. Um, you know, set pieces. I think extra time on Thursday took it out of them a bit. They seem to have a very small squad. Um, Jared Bowen is injured. He's a very important player for them. So that, that worked in our favour. We've got a team that picks itself, and now we're playing once a week. So that bodes well for what's left of our season. We, um, we, the, the, the reality of though is that we could have won that game much more significantly. Like we, we could have, we could have beaten them like four or five. And this isn't the first time this season where we've had games where we, you know, we, we haven't put the ball in the net and we could have won by more to go back to the Liverpool game in the kind of, in the, in the sort of the founding stages of Conte's reign at Tottenham. And that one of the biggest performances he had was against Liverpool, where we drew two all, and we, we could have absolutely buried them that day. So it, it, all of this points towards a really positive future, in my opinion. And just you know, if you think about what did you make of Kane's performance overall, Ricky? Because he didn't get on the score sheet, but he was again no, what? no, exactly. He he didn't get on the score sheet, and I felt for him a little bit because uh, I know how much he'd love to have been. Uh, to score against West Ham in front of in front of uh, all our fans, but um, did he? Was he kind of like he was assist for three of the goals, weren't he? Well, I, I had to look this up. You you can't be assist. You can't assist an own goal, which is bollocks because it's the exact same thing. Like when when he put the ball in and and uh, Son basically missed the ball completely and it hit Zuma and went in. Yeah, that is no. If if toe had, uh, if if Son had got his toe on it, that would have counted as an assist. So while the official records would say that. Kane only got two assists. I'm saying he got three. But yeah, yeah. so he, he was directly involved in every, I mean, every goal. And uh, I think it was for the, the ball for the second goal. Son, uh, yeah, Son's, Son's first, official first. Uh, the, the ball he put through was absolutely ridiculous, man. And the thing is, he keeps doing that in, in most games. The, the most recent games, he is his passing range is amazing. 
but he's just seeing balls and angles that people aren't seeing. I don't see it. And when that ball comes across, I'm like, oh, where's that? Oh, fuck, fuck. <laughs> and, then, and then like someone's gone free. And it's not only that, it's kind of where he drops into the pockets and he knows that everyone has to, well, I mean, the defenders, they, they have to follow him or someone has to drop back. And when he's doing that and when he's playing like that, I think he's being, he, he can be quite, he could be selfish and he could be like, right, I'm, I'm number nine. I'm going up there. I'm staying up there. I ain't doing any of this, this other work. But he doesn't. He, he works for the team and he drops back and he pulls other you know, players out of position and he'll let Son go on and it'll, or he'll let Cooley go on. And it's just that kind of uh, selfless act of getting other people in, that's what that's what makes you the fucking the Donny in my eyes. Yeah, what do you make of his performance, T? It was good. Um, one thing I'm really liking is how him and Kulisewski work together. Um, he seems to have confidence that Kulisewski will do something with the ball. I sometimes find that when Kane gives a ball to a Bergvan or a Lucas Moore, sometimes his body language would suggest either he won't get the ball back or the other team will intercept. But... Kane was great yesterday. Um, we're running out of superlatives for him now. Um, this well, is we like ran out, an we ran out season. Like four, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say we ran out about four years ago, didn't we? <laughs> what else can you say about <laughs> Exactly. It's, it's an average season for him, but he's, you know, he's still still up there in assists and goals. Um, Kane was Kane was amazing, but um, I have to give a special shout out for Romero. Absolute mad bastard, and I just absolutely adore him. Um, I think I retweeted something that I saw yesterday that. Um, what, you're a force nine? Oh, look, here goes your ankle. I saw him see Cart Lanzini and I thought, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fellow RG. Was that, was that the, um, was that, oh, that, that, was that, that was like a, a foul that should have been a foul on them when we broke away and nearly scored. I think that was what it is. But he also had that huge challenge in midfield as well. Well, not in midfield, in like just outside the box where he just slid and won the ball and we broke away and nearly scored again. We, look, just on that breakaway, I want to come back to Romero and how good he is and how good he can be. But, we're the best counter. I said again. I said this on the Five Statements podcast on Patreon. That oh, this is probably the best counter attacking football I've seen at Spurs, and probably is the best counter attacking football in the league. And part of that is about it. We probably aren't. You know, we're always going to be a better counter attacking team than say Manchester City because of how much possession they have. But there is, there is, there are everything we did under Mourinho. We're doing under Conte, but we're also doing so much on the ball as well. I just, it just feels like a plan is clicking into place. And every time we sit back, in the few times where West Ham were allowed position, possession and they were just passing it around, in my head, I'm just thinking, this is good. Like, the, very, very rarely in, in the past when watching Spurs, when a team who can play football as West Ham can, did I think, this is a good thing for us. Because the, the minute they lose it, and the vast majority of the time, when a team is playing around you, inevitably someone makes a mistake, they lose the ball. Every single time we do that, every single time that does it, and when we turn over possession in our own half, we we look really dangerous. Yeah, I think uh, the difference between Mourinho and Conte, um, with Mourinho, it felt like we were, we had every man behind the ball, and when we broke, it was just between Son and Kane, basically. And it was just looking for those angles where Son could run onto it or looking for the angle where, where, where Kane was and he could run onto it. And it felt quite um, one-dimensional. And that's, how, that's exactly how you get it straight down the middle and, and then just away, away and you go quickly. 
with Conte's, it feels like, although when we do counter-attack, we're moving the ball quickly, but in the final third, where if something's not on, we are still trying to create uh, nice passing triangles, like with Kulisevsky, Doherty, Kane, um, and, and to the other side as well. So it's not like we have one chance and we're just going to go for it. We will be patient when we get into the final third and we will still make those passes and still look to pull people out of, out of the defensive line and, and then go for it. So it just feels like there's a, there's a different dimension to how we both counter-attack. And I loved it under, under Mourinho because it was just like lightning kind of at, at pace but under Conte it just feels more it feels like when you when you look when you watch it that, that you can tell they've worked on those moves in the training grounds that, that's what it feels like when you uh, when you look at Parastagy signings in Bentancor Kulisevsky and Romero like Galini is it's just a backup goalkeeper right it's hard to get it's hard to get a really good backup goalkeeper and you know i know t hates his absolute guts and never wants to see his face ever again <laughs> is that is that correct t that's absolutely correct lovely right. guy but awful footballer absolutely hates his guts right and and he's so bad at football that a that that t hates him on a personal level like he hates he says he's a lovely guy but he hates that about him as well hates everything about him he wants everything bad in the world to happen to Galini. Is that <laughs> and only him? And, on, and only him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you look at Paratici's transfer record with Romero, with Bentancor, and 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 so far, obviously with, with Kulisevsky as well, it is really impressive. We're going to go. We've got to speak about those other two signings, but Romero first. And what what do you think his ceiling is for Spurs? Like he, 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 it feels like there's a spine growing at Tottenham. That already exists to some degree, but with our newest signings, it seems to form a lot around them. And Romero's involvement in it, almost everything seems sort of key to it. And I, I don't know what you think about him, T. Like what, what you what you think he can achieve at Spurs? Like what what's he ceiling? Is he at his best already? Um, he's not at his best already, um, but he's bloody amazing. I think he could be on Vertonghen Alderweireld level, even higher. He's just um, He's almost got everything, really. He's got he's great on the ball. He can even play as a DM. That's how good he is on the ball. Um, tackling is just almost almost pitch perfect. His attitude just seems to switch into um, you know transform to the rest of the players. It's a lovely, lovely signing, and I just can't believe we've got him. And you know, in time, the rest of the league will catch up to how good Romero is. But I just love his character, and it's a bit sad that. Pochettino never had a chance. Well, he might get a chance in the future to manage him because imagine him and Pochettino, you know, that'd just be fucking brilliant, you know. Romero, Vertonghen, out of Aerold, and I, I love the guy, and um, I think he's probably the jewel in the crown of what Paratic has done, done so far. He just seems so happy as well and so relaxed there. Like, what, what, I don't know, I, I mean, in, in, in a normal workplace, you'd probably call it bullying what he does to Son. <laughs> like it's like I don't think it would fly generally. Like, do you imagine being at work and you your 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 mates come out of a meeting and he's done well, and you pull you over, pull, pull him over as he comes to your desk, pull him over and punch him in the back, or it's just like his hair. yeah, just he's walking out for the for the because he's finished the day at work and you go up behind him and just pull his hair really hard. I don't <laughs> think it would fly anywhere else, but on the football pitch in our working environment. That's fine with me. It looks like he's getting on with them all. <laughs> it's a t- toxic environment. Um, but I'm all here for it. 
Fuck HR. Um, yeah, but he's he, he's he's settled in well, and it didn't start well, really, did it? I and mean, he played a few games, and and then he nearly got arrested, and then he got an injury, and he was out for about three months, and and now he's back, and I just I don't want to see a Spurs team without him. Mick, would you? Absolutely. I, yeah, no, I I absolutely love him. He's an, he's he's a beast. He is. Um, the thing I love about him is that. So when you've got players and you can be really good positionally, you can be really good centre-back, ball-playing centre-back, you can be really good at anticipating where the players are going to run in and all, all these different things. And he's he's really good at all of them. But the thing I love about him is his um, decisiveness. Like, if one of their attackers receives it in the, in the kind of uh, in the half space and... He'll make it in his mind. He's just like, I'm fucking going down. I, I'm charging that geezer, right? And I'm committed to going out and getting him. And it's not like then he gets caught in no man's land. Then the ball's gone past him. He'll either clear that per- player out or he'll he'll take the ball. And that's what I kind of, with Dyer, when Dyer used to do stuff like that, he used to then panic and be like, fuck, like there's another player here. And shit, do I, do, do I carry on going to him? Or like... Uh, that's it. The ball's moved, and he's out of position, and the other team has scored, or he's like clamoring round trying to get back. With Romero, he, he makes a decision on what he's going to do, and then he fucking does it. Whether it's taking the player out or getting the ball, he'll he'll always make it. And it's his um, strength as well. Like if if he is trying to out hit, like if he can't get hold of that ball, he'll out muscle that player, or he'll put he'll tread those lines so carefully of it being a foul and then get the ball. There's a lot of work to be done on, obviously, um, on what exactly I've just spoken about him and his yellow cards and and stuff. And and, and, I, and he, he also has that street smart as well of uh, where the line is and how he can wind up opponents and, uh, and that kind of uh, general uh, shithousery, which is fucking fantastic. You, everyone needs that in their team and... I love it when he does it. I, I think he's. Well, you, I mean, you guys have already mentioned it, but I, I think he will just get better and better. And like under Conte as well, he, he's going to be great. But whoever comes in next, whether it's Poch, whoever, you know, he's going to be further along his development by then, and he's going to be a colossal. Honestly, it's probably probably when Real Madrid come in. Um, <laughs> the the uh, Dyer looks so comfortable next to him as well. And Dyer, like Dyer's position, we I mean he's been all over the shop. He's been all over the gaff. Played right back, centre back, defensive midfield. But in the middle of that three, where he, all he needs to do is control and give direction, it's um, it it just you're not expecting too much of him. He just has to do his job. And when he does it, he's he's he, he, you just don't worry. Like, there was a time where we used to worry about Eric Dyer. When he was playing in the back four, you'd worry about him because he was having yep. to do so much more. In this, it's, this instance, he's, I don't think we need to upgrade him. Like, I'm thinking about like players or positions we might need to um, improve on or reinforce in the summer. I don't think Eric Dyer's name is on in, in that. I, I think um, I think we can rely upon him in, in a significant way. Anyway, I'm not sure how interesting that was. I think it's something that everybody knows. But the um, the midfielder, his name's Ben Tancor. I he was a phantom in midfield. He just he just floated around like this is a game that I'm born to do. What? Sorry, sorry. Was everyone giving it a big and about Declan Rice and what was that? 
70 million pound summer bid from Man United, is that right? And Suchek, oh, he's really good, Suchek, isn't he? Oh, what a find. Fucking on his own. Absolutely haunted the West Ham midfield. And he just, <laughs> he does, he floats around, he floats around the, the pitch like it's nothing. Like people, we tweeted about it and people were coming back saying he's like, he's like Berbatov in midfield. Like he has that air about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got yeah, a rick in him, 100%. Like he's, he's high risk play. But he's brave and he's confident in his own ability, and you love to see it. I think we've all—I don't know if you've seen the replay of when um, he had the ball and uh, Yarmolenko and might have been Lanzini or Fornells were just chasing him down, and he just took it. It took two touches, and the, and, and the second one just pushed it past them both, and they were like eyes had lit up, and he just took him out the game completely. I'm not saying I want to see that every game. In fact, if I, I never shit myself. <laughs> if I never see him do it ever again, that's fine. That's fine. But the fact that it worked was wonderful. Like, yeah, absolutely... absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely shit myself. And then uh, when I see him do that turn, and then he he sent fucking both those for hot dogs, man. Yeah, both yeah. players for hotties. I was like, yes, boy. With, with mustard. But, yeah, but I don't, yeah, but I don't ever want to see that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, that was really good. That was really good. But don't do it again. It's like seeing your kid, like your five-year-old kid, and he's he's decided to climb a fence and walk along it. And like, you're impressed that he hasn't fallen off it, but never fucking do that again. <laughs> exactly that was, that. That was a mean, mental, the mental reference. Right? What the fuck? Where did that come? What's that mean? A five-year-old well, kid li- up on a I'm fence. Living... When's that ever happened? <laughs> I'm, I'm, li- I'm living that right now. So um, I feel oh. you, but... Um, oh, it has happened. The thing of Bentan Core is that um, when they both first signed, I absolutely love Bentan Core. Looking at his highlights and um, it feels like for more recent weeks, Seski's got more of the um, more of the plaudits, and and rightly, um, I think against Man United, um, Pogba made Benton his bitch to a degree. But shit happens. I mean, they're both young players, new to a league. But I think that Benton Core is just so Spurs. Um, I think I read a book, might have been for Martin Cloak, the boy from Art Lane, and they all spoke about Peter Shreves in a way that um, you've got to kick the ball. Certainly, you've got to pass the ball in a certain, a certain panache the way you play football, and it feels like. Um, Bantan core is that, and the way he does everything, the way he does has always got an element of class to it. You know, um, I hope he keeps the long sleeves and gloves all the way throughout summer. Never breaks character. Yeah, you know, like Ted Striker in airplane, just like dripping of sweat. But no, he keep should the gloves up, on, mate. He, he should, he should, he should up the insulation. The hotter it gets, he should have like Under Armour on <laughs> and snood, a, a snood, <laughs> snood, <laughs> snood in August is fucking gangster. Don't tell me. Like, I know, like, you know, like Roy Keane go. Why are you wearing gloves in December? Why are you wearing gloves? Roy Keane would rate him wearing a snood in August, hundred <laughs> percent. If it really scores, he's got a T-shirt saying "Fuck you, Roy Keane." I wear what I want. <laughs> but you know, so much about so much about Conte's game is about bravery and trusting in your ability and trusting in each other as well. So much of it, he talks a lot about controlling the game. And there were times in in when when he started at Spurs saying we we're unable to control the game. We don't know how to control the game. And as a fan, you're you're kind of it's hard to understand what he means because we're all, we're used to uh, not being able to play out of tight corners and then over like, giving over possession to the opposition. We're kind of used to that. We kind of feel like that was normal. Mm. And what he's done is give the players faith in each other, faith in the system and say, look, you can play out from the back. Not only can you play out from the back, this will create an opportunity down the other end. And there's been multiple times. The, 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 the most obvious one was against Man City against the best team in the league at the moment as they are top 
And we the amount of times we played out really tight spaces, and I think Emerson Royale started that. Well, it might have been Emerson Royale, it might be Doty. But he started that. And we were just willing to trust each other. And like he said, control the game. Ben Tankor's way of playing will enable us to do that. Trust in him. Hope it doesn't absolutely go tits up and he keeps fucking up and his confidence gets shot. Because that's kind of what I projected, what might happen as a Spurs fan. It's <laughs> not the fans do, especially the home fans. Could you hear the groans? Oh, no! Yes! That was like that turn, wasn't it? It was like, no! Yes! <laughs> That's exactly that. Yeah. Um, but his playing style sort of lends itself to that. I was just, I've been reading a bit about sort of today about, um, you know, we, we, we're linked again to Dybala because he's, he's leaving Juve in summer. He's, they can't, they can't agree to this new contract and he's absolutely not signing and he is going to leave, right? So he's got to go somewhere and naturally, because we've been linked with him and Paratici, apparently they're good mates and, well, we do have we do have a, a number of Argentines at Spurs who might be able to persuade him. Um, but I, some of the linked articles or, or tweets to that was the amount of Juve fans and Italian journalists that were saying thank you to Tottenham because... They're essentially that we they pulled our pants down with Ben Sankor and Kulisevsky, and it it's early days. And I remember us waxing lyrical about the Celso, but I don't think there's anyone at the moment don't think that Ben Sankor and Kulisevsky haven't been excellent signings. Kulisevsky as well, like he's, he's he was sort of taking the limelight away from Ben Sankor to some degree, but Ben Sankor's performances against West Ham were superb. But Kulisevsky is just consistently reliable and useful than any team. Yeah, I, I like his ability to, to think while he plays. He varies, varies his runs, varies his movement and passing. And I like the synergy with him and um, Kane and Son as well. So shame, it's, it's a real shame. His name doesn't start with, um, with a vowel. There can't be any clever um, acronyms for them three. But um, right. I've, I've, loved, I've loved the pair of them. I love the way that they're both settled in. And... Um, yeah, I think the January window we got a, got a fair bit of grief. Aston Villa had won the January transfer window, and um, what are they doing now? Getting beat at home by Arsenal. Who does that? <laughs> it's true. It's true. And looking and looking at it, you did you did this. You did. I mean, we didn't know what to expect from Bentancur. You'd think a Uruguayan, and I know this might sound a bit gammon, but a Uruguayan, <laughs> a Uruguayan coming to. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. A Uruguayan coming to the Premier League is going to need time to sell. That was my gut feeling, all right? For no other reason other than the fact that he's from South America and he played a bit in Italy. That's fair, uh, that's fair enough. Yeah, and I thought Kulisevsky, to be honest, never heard of him. And then, um, you know, he, he, the, the fact that they've hit the floor running has been crucial because we we did let go four players. I know they weren't playing well for us, but the four players that were big names, or big-ish names, and, um, you know, we're two players down in terms of the, our squad number. But uh, they, they just, they've just they've just stepped up to the plate and just want, I want to see them play more. I just wonder what's going to happen in the summer because the Celso and, and then Domble are on their way back. And they're, yeah, they're, um, they're good weekends. Again. Yeah, I, um, yeah just, go, just going back to your uh, thing about uh, Ben Tancur and Kulu when, when they signed and uh, there was loads of Juve fans like saying, I like, thank fuck, you've taken them off at Ewe's shit, rah, rah, rah. Uh, and I think there's even compilation clips of people taking the piss out of Bentancur. Um, 
And I was like, fuck, like, have we have we signed a dud? Like, I was like, oh, bloody hell, man. Like, trust us to, to, to do this. And then uh, also you posted a tweet of a thread of Kulisevsky. And I can't remember who he played for uh, before Juve. It may have been Palmer. Yeah, I thought it was Palmer. And then where it had like a, the heat map of where he played for Palmer and where he made his bones and where he got his assists yeah. and where he got his goals. And then um, for Juve, he was Real. more uh, out on the wing. Like well, he was asked to do all kinds of stuff for Juve. He was asked to do like mad, mad stuff, but he wasn't given a position and nor was he given a, a run of starting games. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of like that uh, hug and touchline type, which, wa- which wasn't what he was doing at Palmer. And then coming to Tottenham, and playing where, you know, one would assume at that time that he was going to take over Morris' position. So he would have that license to cut in there where Kane normally is. And he could also use that, um, use the space on the right and to, uh, and to kind of drift in again. That's exactly where he was playing for Palmer. And that's where exactly he got his goals and he got his assists. And that's what he's doing at the moment. So that's working out lovely. So thank you, Juve, you dicks. Um, and then uh, Ben Tankle, well, I mean, we've just been waxing lyrical about him. I, it may have been, it may be his, because he, in the highlight reels that I was watching, he loved a slide tackle. That boy loved a slide tackle and he and he was well-timing. So I thought in the Prem, that's going to work out well for him. But I don't know whether it would be the, the pressure of um, people... Um, Pressing him and his passing not being up to scratch. That's that's the main thing I saw, that um, his passing was a bit off. Um, and I have seen shades of it, but he's young and he's only just fucking... He's only just come here. He's only played a handful of games for us, really. And he's just going to get better. So uh, up, up the Benny is what I say. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the Conte mentioned in his press conference before the West Ham game that Skip was potentially going to be available perhaps not to start against Newcastle but might be on the bench which is good news because obviously we didn't know when he was coming back to talk about potentially months or an indefinite uh, time outside of the squad but it seems like he might be available if he does come back and he's fit and he gets back to full fitness what what does our midfield two look like to you guys the, you know do you stick with Hoybier and Benzikor do you do you have skippers um, you know the Taking over from Bentancourt, do you play free? What would you What would you do in that in that instance, T? Hoybier in the bin. I know it's a bit harsh, but um, yeah, Hoybier, Ben, Skip, and Bentancourt. Um, so Bentancourt would both... play Hoybier. Oh, they do play similar roles, though, don't they? The midfielders in my as uh, my limit. They do. It. I just think that um, Skip is higher energy and um, a bit more reliable. But the thing of Hoybier, when he plays well, he's he just look. He looks the bollocks, and um, it's a nice problem to have. It's like um, I don't expect. I mean, if all three are available, I imagine Conte will mix it up from week to week. So it's not a terrible thing. I don't think if um, Skip is back, that Hoybier will be on the transfer list or anything. But um, it's a position of weakness. It has been for a while, but now it could be a strength if we. I think we'll upgrade in the summer. We'll have um, Saar coming in from Mets as well. Of so course, I forgot we, about him. We'll have bodies then, so that's, that's the positive. But I look at Skip coming back as um, as a good thing for the final run of the season. We've got one game a week, and um, I would think there'll be Skip and Ben Tancourt, in, in my opinion. 
Anything to add, Rick? No, I, t- I totally agree. I think it's, like T was saying, it's gonna, it is a nice problem to have. And it's it'll be decent where there have been times where, especially one that comes to mind is Southampton, where I felt like we were being outplayed in midfield, like their three against our two. And to have a plan B where we can have three in the middle and they're all high-performing midfielders of Hoybier, Bentancur and Skip, that'd be great. But um, if it's a choice between the two, I feel Skip still has the bite that uh, Hoybier does, but he's slightly more offensive and can pick those balls out and he's slightly more creative going forward. And I just love Skip because he just reminds me of the, like a non-archetypal footballer. Like you just grab some kid from primary school and said, go on, fill your boots, lads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think uh, if nothing else, it's, it's, it's depth. Because the option with, without Hoybier or Ben Tancor is, is Winks. And um, I don't think anyone wants that, to be honest. So, do you, do you, so did you guys see um, the Kurt, Kurt Zuma shags cats? Um, yes, <laughs> that was wonderful. I wonder so what I, size the font was. Difficult seventy-two foot size font. Yeah, it was, it was pretty yeah, big. Was like... But I, I fucking hate signs at football. I absolutely hate them. Like, like, oh, um, fuck it, Harry Kane, can I have your shirt? I've got no time for that. Doesn't matter how young you are. And uh, Ricky, I'm pretty sure your your kids took a sign to sh- to a game once, didn't they? No, they didn't. They would oh, never they... do that. I would tell them. That's because you're a good parent. But this one, I've got a lot. Of, <laughs> I've got a lot of time for. A lot of time for. Because it, the thing is, it didn't. It's not even about him. Like, he, like he did a horrendous thing, like hitting the cat, kicking the cat. It was fucking rank. Hated it. But this Spurs fan just turned it into like a sexual thing, which is without without any explanation. It's just this is what I'm going to do with my sign. And the geezer next to him had an inflatable cat. And when he came out for a corner, he was punching the cat. He was punching the inflatable cat. I thought it was... Um... There, was there, there was loads of orange inflatable cats in the South Stand. I don't know who bought them, and I don't know where they came from, but uh, I I admire the shithousery of whoever did that. You know something, um, yeah. and, and balloons with cat faces on as well. You know what? People say England has, has no culture. How dare they? How dare you? That is culture. That right there is fucking culture, mate. Drink it in. It's a, what, what, what is it that's beautiful about that? Is it the fact that we can, that we're able to take the piss out of something? Is that English culture now? Yes, it's just, it's just self-deprecation. No matter what happens, you can tell it to a joke and it's just the way it is. You know, what I mean, obviously, you... um, we're gone. No, 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 I was going to ask you, I was going to move it on, but yeah, go on. Um, I mean, obviously, um, banter culture is, is frowned yeah. upon, and I frowned upon it myself. Some of it's quite stupid, but that turned something pretty awful into, into a funny thing. The thing is, is that you, you, like some things can be frowned upon, but you just got to throw a lot out. You throw a lot of banter out, and some of it's going to be like offend people, but some of it's gold. So you, you don't know what's going to hit. It's good land, so just keep throwing it out as long as you're willing just to take keep it. Throwing it. Just keep I mean, throwing how it. Out. Do, how do you shag crisps? How does anyone shag crisps? It makes no that, sense, but it's funny. What does that mean? I don't know if people say Lydica shags crisps, but what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> does it mate, mean? Is that, 
I love it. Like, I, I would, I would welcome more what does signs, it mean? like banter signs, like that at football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that is That's like that. WWE in the nineties. Yeah, I was just about to say that at wrestling, you'd have some fucking right random signs being shown. That's amazing. <laughs> um, did you see the moment where Zuma kicked the ball at uh, Son and he sort of went down? That was. Uh, I wasn't sure whether to bring it up because it's a bit like Son. What are you doing? Oh, what did you see it? Yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah, I, I, I did see it. I haven't seen the replay of it actually. I, I don't know what Son it. was. He, the ball was kicked at him, and Son just sort of it hit him in the back of the leg, and Son sort of went down. I just I didn't understand what he was playing at. I think it was uh, it was more to kind of show to the ref that you know descent of kicking the oh, ball at a player and on that, but but not like it actually hurt him. I'm not I'm not sticking up for what he did. It was fucking. Absolutely. Did you did you see the replay of Antonio absolutely polaxing Dyer? Yes, with a, like elbow. an elbow. Yeah, how, yeah, yeah, how, yeah. How was that not picked up or even discussed in any way? Did you, did you see it, T? No, I, I didn't see it. So, so Antonio ran across and Dyer put the ball away and he lifted his arm up like this. People are watching on Patreon. You can see the video podcast. He lifted his arm up. As like a straight and just sort of forearmed him in the face. Like it, if I, d- I don't know how that wasn't discussed. It wasn't even didn't even come up in commentary. I'm not saying there's a vendetta against Spurs. Like you know, it probably happens quite a lot. But it it, it was just um, it was mad. I don't know what Rick. What do you think? Uh, I Sir, red. I wasn't listening to the question because you just said these these videos go on Patreon. I I, I didn't know that. And I've just been sitting here, like just, just being me, just being me. What's wrong with that? You're a beautiful human being. Well, yeah, I know, but I, I, I don't know, I don't know. It just threw me a little. Well, we can that. discuss this afterwards. Well, yeah, I know, but I won't, I won't put it up then. No, no, do it, do it. No, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, no, do it, do it. All right, do, do you think do you do Eric Dyer should be sold on? <laughs> sold out? Should it? Should, should, should Antonio be be? Do you know what? I haven't even asked Charlie if he will put this up, but I'm, I'm just assuming. I'm just, I'm fucking, just, I'm, just, just I'm just producing on the go, mate. I'm just, just, just throw everything. Like I say, it's like, it's like banter. You just throw shit out and hopefully some of it sticks. And <laughs> I haven't got time get... to ask you whether to do this. We're just doing it. Yeah. 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 Just get it done. Um, yes. Yeah, so the forearm smash on Dyer's face from Antonio. If it happened in the street, it would be assault. He'd been arrested. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Why can't they, like, I thought you could go back through games and... Um... Retrospectively? Yeah. Yeah, fucking if, right. If, it, if it's, um, like, violent conduct, that's like a, that's a proper elbow to the face. That's, like, that's, that's bang out of order. Indeed. I'm surprised that Dyer didn't make more of it. Considering, well, he's just... he, but considering he he literally a week ago got got another elbow to the face and his head was split open, <laughs> you would have thought he would have been like fucking hell, lads. Can can everyone please stop elbowing me in the head? <laughs> uh, Rick, you you mentioned the uh, high performance podcast he did with uh, Jake Humphreys. Yeah, you, you listened to that, didn't you? It was an hour of him, and it was uh, like to listen to a professional footballer talk so candidly, and. You know, moreover, one of our professional footballers, and moreover, one who hasn't had the sort of smoothest ride at Tottenham in terms of his popularity with the fan base. But he, it was such an an interesting interview. I, I implore everybody who listens to this to go and listen to that high performance podcast with Eric Dyer. It was like 
it it made me look at him completely differently and appreciate him as a footballer as well as a as a human being. Really, I don't know what you took yeah, away from yeah. that point. Yeah, the second part, the the appreciate him as a human being, and others, uh, other people as well, because you t- you do forget that they are humans and they, you know, they go through the exact same emotion as we do. And I I was listening to another podcast earlier and. I think it was about mental health and someone someone was famous and more often than not, like I am very used to be very dismissive. What have you got to fucking moan about? You've got millions in the bank, man. You've got a fucking Lamborghini. You've got a mansion. Like why? What? And it's such the wrong way to be looking at it because they are under the spotlight and they feel things and things go on in their life that money doesn't solve, man. Like it's about the human condition and how people are. And I have been hugely ignorant to to people that are wealthy and think, oh, you know, they've got money. What are you moaning about? And listening to Dyer and and other pods like that, it, it does educate you as to be like, do you know what? Like, I need to stop being such a prick and being so harsh because I don't, I don't, didn't have that understanding, and now I do. And the thing is, as well, listening to that as well, I'm proud that he plays for Tottenham. You know. It's good to have someone like homely lads like that that plays for Tottenham. So, yeah, I enjoyed it very much. He could be a future captain. I've not heard the podcast, but um, he does seem to be an impressive human being. I mean, even after him jumping into the crowd and weighing up, weighing that bloke, he, he yeah. talks about yeah. that. So that's the first the first time he's ever talked about it because he says he can't be asked with the repercussions from the FA because they're really strict about what he says about that incident. But he does talk about it. And it's fascinating. Uh, so do, do do have a listen, um, Rick. I, I heard something about you. Yeah, go on. Um, Probably like when true, you, but yeah, it's definitely true. When, when you, I think it was your missus that told me. When you run out of podcasts, you just listen to audio from Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> you just well, watch yeah, porn. kind of. I, I, I've, I've. Uh, you don't watch the videos. You don't. Watch the- you just no, listen to the audio as you're, as you're on your walks. No, I, uh, I, I've downloaded and re-edited all the Fighting Cock podcasts, and it's just my voice. I've done a big loop of my voice talking and crash run out over my own voice. That's how much I love myself. The thing, the thing is, you don't even crash run out to this. This is just ambience to you. <laughs> just, just the audio from porn movies. <laughs> We're bowling around Milton Keynes doing the shopping and that. <laughs> What is that? Fucking Max Hardcore films as well. Exactly. The vast majority of it is just <clears throat> Rick's just walking around picking up broccoli in that. Uh, shit, man. It's got a bit of battle. Mules, he let's do some questions, boys. Mules, he says, atmosphere looked great on Sunday. Do you think we are starting to get a real home advantage like the old lane? Yeah, but you know a lot of it is conditional. Um, we scored first, we scored two goals early. It was a big game, and that's why the atmosphere was good. But it feels like we're getting into a bit of a groove. We've had the entire season with our stadium open, um, and I think that's. I think we're starting to get into like routines now. Um, you know, most home games, I see Ricky and Bardi and Spooky, and we go to the same same spots and getting a new routine going and. Um, yeah, I think next season it will be more of a fortress. We've had, I mean, obviously we lost two games in a week at home with Wolves and um, Southampton. Southampton, but, yeah. But 
oh, by and large, played well at home. And um, I think Conte is someone who's like a conductor of the fans in in himself anyway. Because when you see him losing his shit, you can't help but be, you know, want to be a part of that. I wonder if he was affected at all by the entire stadium singing his name towards the end, I think when we was 3-1 up. And you saw him on the touchlines like applauding the the entire stadium. And he, he obviously feeds off on that. And I wonder I wonder if that relationship continues to to develop because it didn't happen with Jose Mourinho and obviously it didn't happen with Santo and, and even even for large parts of the latter era of Pochettino's reign at Tottenham, it kind of started to wane. There is a genuine connection between what Conte's doing and, and the fan base. I just wonder if if that is significant to him and it will convince him that maybe he has got another year after this one, that he will fulfil his extended contract if he does he does the two and a half years which which we potentially hold him to. I, I just mean, sorry to cut Ricky here, but he, he has benefited from four stadiums. Mourinho didn't necessarily have to be fair, if Mourinho had yeah, he would have gone would have gone a lot sooner, so so there is that. Yeah. It would have been like one of these fucking pigs. That's what he'd like. Mourinho would be calling these fucking pigs. That's what. That's how he'd think about the Spurs fan base. He'd hate <laughs> us, pigs. Totally, Rick. Yeah, he'd say call us pigs. No, um, <laughs> with uh, with yeah, with Conte. What What, what do you feel it's when tough, you look at him, Ricky? When, when When you look at Conte, like what do you feel? Like what do you, do you feel like? Fuck yeah, he's our manager and he's going to take us wherever well, we want to go. First of all, uh, when I see him. Um, I'm a little bit, uh, I do, there's a bit of, um, I can't think of the word now. Um, little, there's a little bit of uh, jealousy because he's got this lovely blue Hugo Boss jacket that I can't seem to find anywhere anymore. And um, I've looked, I've, I've looked and it's uh, it's water resistant, double pocketed uh, Navy Hugo Boss jacket and I, I just want to wear it. So there, there's a little bit of... Um, yeah, jealousy that he has that jacket and I don't, and I, I would buy it if I could find it. But when all I want to see is is passion on the touchline, and like I like even even way back when I don't even know why I enjoyed it, but when AVB used to prowl and he used to crouch on the touchline, I just used to enjoy it because it felt like he was involved and he was kicking every ball and like he was just I don't know just so involved in his work. And the same with um, Conte. He's just prowling that touchline. And every time that there is a header or or kicking the ball, he's doing it as well. And even when we're in control, he's still barking orders on where we should be passing to and how we should be. And it's kind of, at times, it does feel like um, if you've got a boss who's micromanaging you and you've been doing the same thing over and over again and they're still saying... And then you have to do this, and then like, like I fucking know, mate. I know, I know where the pass goes. Chill out. Um, <laughs> but this this goes back to him saying like control every moment of every game. Yeah, and that, like that's that's what he wants to instill. It must exactly. get a bit irritating. Like you respect him, but like, come on, mate. Like especially yeah. if you're you're rugby on or or doughy. <laughs> it put it put me off. It put me off like constantly. It put me off the job constantly no, calling my name. Rick, Rick, yeah. Rick. Rick, like Dan, Dan, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then someone fucking past me. <laughs> you know, there's two quick things I want to want to point out. You asked Ricky what he thought of um, Conte, and um, 
for me it's intimidation not so much that it's scary just that um people who are really 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 smart or really 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 good at what they do tend to intimidate me and he's both of those things so there is that and um a second more interesting point is ricky mentioned he couldn't find the jacket and um Flav, you brought this website into our lives called flannels.com. Free advertising for them, by the way. Um, fucking... that, that will ruin my bank, but ruin my, my account completely. Because every time I go in there, I see something I like, I think, fucking hell, Flav. Why? Yeah, it's a, nice, Why? It's, a ni- <laughs> it's a nice shop. It's, it's super expensive. Like, it's, it's over expensive. But um, if you have but the surplus income. Well, if you have the surplus income that uh, Flannels Filth does, then um, it's not an issue. Is it? I was just wondering, like you're saying, like Conte was intimidating, and in my head, and I'm not sure what it says about me is that that you're in bed, and um, the lights are off, and you hear someone at the door, and the door opens, and you wake up sleepy like this. Oh, I'm tired. What's going on here? And in the doorway is a silhouette of Antonio Conte. And all of a sudden, you just see his willy just flick down. <laughs> just plop. <laughs> just just flick. It's like he'd been holding his cock between his butt cheeks. <laughs> and then just let it go and just plonk. Just wonder what you do with that. You don't have to say anything. Just take that with you. Well, um, I mean, look, right. I've, I've had a drink. Um, you know, um, I, I do love to watch a porn movie. You know, I'm not much shame in that. And... Um, there's a bloke called... Um, How Bradley... old are you? A porn movie? A porno, a grot movie. <laughs> porn right? and, um, <laughs> grot there's, there's, there's a legendary actor called um, Wesley Pipes who some of the listeners will be familiar <laughs> with. And um, he would pretty much talk his co-star through the process. And I feel Conte would do that. You know, arch your back, go into me a bit, move away a bit. He's just holding, he's holding to my back while he's, while he's on vinegar strokes about to come. You know what I mean? And just like, say that. Stay there. Stay there. <laughs> Stay there. Stay there. Don't, Don't move. move. Don't fucking move. <laughs> oh god. Um uh, okay, uh just about the Dabala we have from Tazwar Zafia, he says uh, given his injury record, do you think going for Dybala would be a good move for Spurs considering our luck with injury prone Argentinian players? I don't think the fact they're Argentinian has I mean, that's no bearing. Injury-prone players is, is one thing. If we have the opportunity to sign Dybala on a free transfer, there is no world where we don't do that. That's fair, isn't it, boys? It is. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would say I'll trust Conte. Like, I mean, obviously, that would be a worldy signing and it'd be great. But if he doesn't work in Conte's system and Conte knows him as a player... And um, if he doesn't do the fundamental things that Conte needs him to do of what his team does in, in working hard um, and working for the team and it's not about an individual, then we would have to pass him up if it's not right for Conte. But, um, yeah, of course, having having someone like Dybala in your team would be fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, Juve fans are not happy about him going. Like, they're they're fuming about it, so... Injury prone or not, if you have a chance to sign a player like that, you, you do it. How old is he? Don't know. I'd say like, ask your mum. I don't know, mate. <laughs> I ain't got a clue. I did. I, I did. Twenty-eight. Know he was like, how is he? Yeah, 
What was that? Change your mind? Yeah, it has, yeah. I don't, <laughs> want, him don't, yeah, don't, I want, don't him. want him anymore. Too he old. scored eight in 21 games this year. He scored three in the Champions League in five. Two five in assists. the five assists. Two two out of two in the Copa Italia. It's a no brainer. It's not it's not a conversation. We're not a, we're not in a position where we can pick pick and choose world class players when they come available. You know, you have to yeah. You know, on this, on this Dutch website, it says it's similar to Lionel Messi, so that kind of sold me, to be fair. Yeah, that's all it takes. All it takes. All right, and boys, I think that'll do for now. That'll do, pig. That'll do. Um, this has been the Fighting Cop podcast, Tottenham on the march. All you got to do is beat Newcastle, put the pressure on Arsenal, and then you know what's coming, because Arsenal have the game in hand against Chelsea. Fingers crossed they lose that. That's their game around and gone. Then we go to a North London derby probably the last game of the season or if not one of the last games yeah, with, it being a, with it being a Champions League playoff that's literally the last thing in the world that I want to watch I'm, I'm going to get tough. out of my skull so I don't remember it <laughs> wow how glorious would it be how glorious would it be anyway we can talk about that because it's never going to be happening because that's just the way football goes thanks cheers boys thank you bye it's the fighting Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.